This episode is dedicated to a man named Tex, who spent most of his life in Menard Correctional Center in Chester, Illinois. This went from a lighthearted conversation with John to me going down a rabbit hole. This episode was a lot of fun for me to build, chasing down all these little leads I could find, trying to find the story of Tex, but I'm going to start it off with where I first heard about him in a conversation with John. You had, we had a guy, an old man, his name was, they called Tex. He come to Menard in a way, uh, horse way. And he stayed in Menard when they told him that he had to leave, right? He had nowhere to go. So the warden, his name was Greer at the time, was Greer. He said, he told Springfield, no, we're going to let him stay in Menard and die here because he has nowhere to go. So, Tex had the freedom of the whole joint, 24 hours a day, do what we want, do what we want. Now, Tex would sit in the commissary, by the commissary, when I worked in the commissary, and he would sit outside on the stairs with cellophane around his head with antennas on it <laughs> and talk to the dead soldiers. I'm serious. No, I've, I've, I've had conversations with him many times, right? And as long as you don't, uh, that you, if you let him start first, okay, then you're all right. You can have a halfway between, but oh, he had stories. Oh, man, my God, he had stories. You know, he's been there all his life. All his life. I like he said now, but all his life he stayed in the, they approved the water that let him stay there in Menard. He didn't have nowhere to go. When they let him out front, he said, please take me back. But the girl got a hold of Springfield. Springfield gave the okay. They brought him back in and let him stay there. That was cool. He came in on a wagon with horses. He came in there, you know, as if he was a prisoner. You know? And he had a whole lot of time. And he just got older, old, crazier and crazier. And, you know, I think that the doctors back in those days did a lot of brain damage though, because come on, you're sitting on the stairs with cellophane around your head, you know what I mean? So the spirits won't get you or the ghosts won't get you or whatever you was thinking at that time. But you know, see if you could get some information on text. That's what everybody calls text. I don't know Texas real name. Tony, you get a chance, ask Tony if he remembers text, old man text. So I wait for Tony's call, and I ask him, John says, you might know a man from Menard named Tex. Tell me what you know about him. And Tony says... Tex, oh yeah, oh, first, uh, my first time I ever got locked up, I met him. He he come in on a stagecoach, stagecoach and horse. Do you remember his name, his real name? No, I don't remember. I don't remember his real name, but um, he used to clean the, the, the valley port, and... Um, I guess, and, he, and when he come, when he come to prison, like I said, there wasn't no cars. There wasn't no cars or nothing. The warden, he was um, spraying the sally port down, and when the warden pulls up in a um, convertible top car, and Tex didn't know what it was, it just scared him. He started spraying the, <laughs> the car down, and the warden and everything. Scared him so bad. He had got now, and um, he didn't have nowhere to go. So they, um, Warden Greer called Springfield and told him, look, you know, told him, told him the situation. 
they just um they, he just stayed right there, you know, stayed right there in Menard until he died. He hey, he was probably in the seventies when I met him. Had to be him. I'm sure there's some old timers that have memory. In the meantime, John calls back with another tip. I just John on me. I know who's who knows uh real well. Okay, listeners, this might be a great tip for finding Tex. This man has been in prison for a long time, and he spent a lot of it in Menard, so he had ample time to get to know Tex. However, I'm going to cut in here and censor the name John's giving us, not because I want to protect the man, but because I believe his name deserves to be forgotten by society forever. And you might ask, Nicole, haven't you had other murderers speak on the podcast already? Yes, of course I have, but were they serial killers who brutally murdered a dozen women? Abso-fucking-lutely not. So, there are plenty of other podcasts who are going to give you that serial killer porn you might be looking for, but it's not going to be me. So this guy doesn't get a name here. Moving on. He's doing, uh, I think, like three, three hundred years since he killed a lot of people. And uh, he just got transferred to a medium. I just can't remember what medium was. But his name, you could probably find him on the website somewhere. Okay, I'll see. I know he knows text. So I reach out to Mr. Deranged Serial Killer Man, and I say, hey, I hear you might have some information I'm looking for regarding a man named Tex. What can you tell me? And John was right. This man knew exactly who I was talking about and gave me information about him and more, but I had to wait for it. You can't just reach out to an incarcerated person and get an answer back the same day. So in the meantime, I called Menard Correctional Facility and I said, so here's what's going on. I'm working on this little human interest story about a man named Tex, and I need to speak with someone who's been there a long time and might know Tex's real name. So the lady I speak with says, actually, there was just a man in my office who was speaking to me about the history of the facility. Let me transfer you. So she transfers me to this doctor who says, you know, I didn't come over till the 80s, but I heard the story from a nurse. And I think this guy had been brought in for stealing a horse. Now, if that sounds crazy to you, just know that back in the day, you could be hung for stealing a horse. You could receive a lot of years in prison for stealing a horse. This was serious business. So he says, I think the story went that this man was brought in. uh, He was living out his life in prison and he had been here so long that a magazine did an article on him and his family actually saw the article and reached out and sent for him to be flown home on a jet. So he came in on a stagecoach and he left on a jet plane. And that's the story this doctor from Menard Correctional gave me. Uh, But he didn't remember the nurse's name. He didn't think she was there anymore. He didn't know Texas' real name. So I thanked him for his time, I hung up, and I called the Illinois State Archives, and I said, this is what I'm trying to find. I'm hoping that in the logbooks to Menard Correctional, you can find this man's name. I don't know much else than he was brought in a time that there would still be wagons bringing them in, and that he was called Tex. So 
this man very graciously takes the time to look through uh, their records and he emails me back and he says he's sorry. Uh, Unfortunately, he was not able to find anything that matched that information. So I go online and I Google to see if there was a magazine that did the story on him. Can I find anything with some keywords? Tex, Stagecoach, Menard, Stolen Horse, etc. Uh, it turns out there is a story that Snopes has deemed false. Snopes said, Was a man freed after outliving a 99-year prison sentence for horse theft? And it says, we're still waiting for someone to live out the entirety of a 99-year prison sentence. The claim was a man was released from jail in Texas, which made me think, eh, well, you know, his name was Tex, so maybe there's some correlation here. After outliving his 99-year prison sentence for horse theft. So again, I get this horse theft. The doctor said he thought it was horse theft, so maybe we're on to something. It says on July 15, 2018, the World News Daily published an article about a 117-year-old man named Henry William Bourne, who was supposedly released from a prison in Texas after he outlived his 99-year sentence for horse theft. So it says uh, he was the grandson of one of the most famous horse thieves in American history. Henry William Bourne was arrested by the Texas Rangers in 1919 for being part of an important horse-stealing ring. His father, Henry Bourne Jr., was hanged in Fort Worth alongside one of their accomplices, Mark Thompson, in 1920. Unfortunately, Snopes says this is not a genuine news report as it originated with WNDR, a junk news site that does not publish factual stories and carries a disclaimer noting that all of his content is fictional in nature. So how does it happen that these guys have spoken to this man named Tex, he's living out his life uh, behind bars, and the story goes that he was there for stealing a horse. So I keep looking, the search goes on, because I am invested in Tex, okay? And I find a story of a man named William Sanders, and it says, Remembering William Sanders, who did 60 years in prison for stealing a horse. Huh. Okay, what's this guy all about? So I find that Sanders was held in a Stillwater, Oklahoma prison where he was diagnosed with schizophrenia after complaining that his food was being poisoned. Now this lines up a lot with stories we hear about Tex when he's wearing the cellophane on his head, he's speaking to ghosts, etc. So then he was transferred to the state hospital in Rochester in 1907 and four years later was moved to St. Peter Hospital's new lockup then known as the Asylum for the Insane. Now, this is all said to have happened in, I think, Wisconsin? Not even Illinois. So, people, what is it with these stories of these men stealing a horse and living their lives out in prison? This guy's story was so similar to Tex with, you know, the mental illness, the, oh my god, I'm so, I'm so far down the rabbit hole right now, okay? Uh, But that's all I find. It's all I find. So, finally, I get a reply back from the man, uh, Mr. Deranged Serial Killer Man, and he says, Hey, Nicole, it was good to hear from you and finally get some context. That just means they get some notice that someone has added their names to their email list. And some of these big-time serial killers, um, they get a lot of fan mail. I hate to say fan mail, but 
it's reality. Um, they get a lot of mail from people who want to feature them and get their stories, uh, monetize their stories for themselves, exploit them, so to speak. Um, John has gotten similar requests from people, I think at least four times, um, typically because of his connection to Gacy. So he's kind of warned me about the requests they receive in prison. So this guy says, good to finally get some context. I knew Tex well, as well as most. He was an older, batshit crazy convict. Uh, this guy's con- okay, you know what? Moving on. I worked in the commissary with him for a while, and on one of my first days there, he slid quietly next to me and pointed up at the ceiling and the water lines that were marked with colored tape as to hot, cold, and steam. He then went on to explain that I shouldn't stand under the yellow ones because they gave off rays that would control you and make you crazy. That was my introduction to Tex. I heard the story about the stagecoach, but Tex actually laughed when confronted with it. He simply said that it feels that way. I've heard others say it was just a story as well, but I can't say definitively one way or the other. Now, if you remember, John and Tony both say, this information came from Tex. Tex told me he was brought in on a stagecoach. All right, so back to this guy. He says, however, we never had letters in front of our numbers prior to the mid-70s. And he's speaking about their um, identification numbers. So just five numbers is all they had before the mid-70s. He says, one day I saw an old convict turn away from the gate and on the back of his shirt was the number E547. There were no numbers like that as far as I was aware. And upon asking, I was told that he was the oldest serving con in the state and arrived on a Wells Fargo stagecoach. His name was Snow. Since then, I've heard that story attributed to Tex in various manners. I know Snow was real, and so was his story, because I worked in the Bureau of ID there and I confirmed it. I don't know Tex as anything but Tex, so he doesn't know his real name. But Snow was the real last name of the other guy. Depending on who tells the story, one of them was released and went to an old folks' home and tried to burn it down to come back. Ask JP about the story of shit-eating Bennett if you really want to hear a sick one, Contact me whenever, dot, 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 and signs his name. You know what, sir? I don't know that I will contact you. I've gotten the information I need, uh, but thank you for sharing this with us. So what the hell, guys? We found snow now, and I'm about to go down another rabbit hole, basically is what I've just realized. So Tex was real. People remember him. People spoke to him. They don't know his real name. But now we have a man who had this old identification number from way back when, and this guy says he confirmed the information. So this is what I have on text. This is where it's led me. Thanks for coming down the rabbit hole with me. And now I'm going to work on finding more about snow. And if I'm lucky, it's going to tie us back somehow to finding Tex's real name. Till next week. Thanks for listening. If you like the show even just a little bit, hit the follow button. If you know someone who's incarcerated and wants a conversation, you can reach out at prisonconversations at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.